Because we live in a Puritan police state, we are obliged to inform you that we may sometimes use explicit language. Now that you've been informed, <laughs> things are about to get weird. Welcome to another midnight edition of What I Had Heard Was. I am Jennifer. And I'm Anna. And I'm Diane. And today we're discussing urban legends. That was very well said. Thanks. Be I practiced like twice. Nice. Yeah. Practice makes perfect. Yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate your dedication to this podcast. I, yeah, I mean, like, I would have gone three even. What? Yeah. Your dedication is... It's, I know. Yeah. I know. It's taking us there. If only everyone could have the same work ethic as I. <laughs> Sorry, I probably shouldn't have laughed about that that loud. Oh. I just try to stay humble. And that's what I appreciate about you. Good. Is that what you appreciate? Aww. <laughs> I appreciate Diane's appreciation of her joke, or her Letterkenny reference. Uh-huh. I caught that Letterkenny reference. Yeah. I wonder if all of our listeners have watched Letterkenny. They should. Yep, recommend. Pitter-patter. Let's get at her. So, speaking of which, urban legends. I have a huge Texas-sized hole in mysterious hole in my heart. And it's not because of cheeseburgers. For urban legends that fill that hole, I don't know where I'm going with this. Point is, is I really like them because they're modern-day fairy tales. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it just goes to show that even with all of our technology and you know advancements and how you know modern we are and stuff, that everybody still just really likes telling ghost stories and making up monsters and scary tales to try to keep people in line. You know. Why do you think we believe them, though? You know, how do they get past the first story or the second telling? What makes them into something larger? Well, I mean, I think that that just depends on the quality of the story. You know, it's it's kind of, it's like, what's the thing that makes everything go viral? Part of it's the fact that you hear it, you hear it from somebody else, you hear it from somebody else in a different state, and then it's like, well, it's got to be true then, right? If so many people are saying this same thing... It's got to be true, you know, and it's part of the same reason why, you know, we've talked about this before with ghosts and magic and, you know, all the Sasquatch, you know, all the crazy things that we've been talking about. It's like people really want there to be something else. You know, they really want this thing that this unexplainable thing to actually be true. Sure, because it makes life less mundane. and Exactly. Exactly. Adds a little bit of uh, spicy. Like nuggets. I'm going to pass on that. Huh? Sorry. No, come back. Come back. I sort of looked at it in a different way. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of the urban legends that I was remembering from growing up and whatnot, I was thinking about those, like, cautionary tales. And so, like, I think that a lot of the urban legends are so effective or feel so real because they reflect the time period that they were like conceived in and so they were more believable because there was already like a fear of whatever they're reflecting for instance that urban legend of the lovers lane couple in the car right jennifer and i watched urban legends last night or urban legend last night so that's 
in the forefront of my mind, but that, you know, the, the lover's lane couple where they're sitting in the car and they hear the scratching on the roof and it, an insane asylum person uh, comes and that's probably not a PC term. <laughs> I, I was thinking the same thing, but I didn't have anything else to replace it with. So I just figured we'd. Well, but, but with what you're saying, you know, so it's a cautionary tale, right? One, premarital sex is bad. Don't right. you know? Don't go sit with your boyfriend in lovers' lane because not only are you get gonna come down with a case of the pregnancy, you know, you're also gonna get killed by some crazy person. Don't tell me how to live my life. And the, no, no, no. That's why this tale exists. You, you do you. Like I'm not. But then also, also on top of that, you know, the fact that it's like, what's the most scariest thing in the '50s? It's mental health. You know, it's like we still didn't understand how to deal with people who had mental issues. Like, saying, like whenever people talked about cancer, you know, it was the big C word that you whispered. Anytime you're talking about, you know, people having breakdowns, any, you know, any of this stuff that's very common now, you know, they just, whoosh, they put you in a home, they put you in a hospital, they sent you away, didn't want to deal with it, and then people just didn't talk about it at all. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that, that family member just didn't exist anymore. So the fact that it's like these two combined fears of the time, you know. Yep. And then Yeah, exactly. Sure. No, I think that's a I think that's an excellent point. Yeah. Um aliens, you know, when aliens got real big, it was this overarching, you know, like this impending doom of somebody's coming to invade the planet and kill us all. And that was like during Cold the, War. Yeah, the Cold War. There was the Cuban Missile Crisis, like all of these things of just impending global death. The the scary movie with them, which are these giant ants running around doing all kinds of craziness, was all about technology and radiation and the nuclear bomb and like using nuclear power. You know, so all these fears that people had of the fallout of all this stuff. So yeah, I think that goes totally hand in hand. Yeah, and so if you already have this deep-rooted fear, it's just easier for these urban legends to feel like maybe they could have happened and that's you know that's why i think that they just keep going so much faster and more believable well each one is created to scare you out of doing something Mm -hmm. you know the lover's lane like you said don't have premarital sex because people who are married have sex in their house because they can you know what i mean these are aimed at younger people right typically Mm mm-hmm I can't think of any other urban legends, but basically, like, don't be a dumbass, don't be rude. The one on the movie where the guy tries to tell her there's somebody in the back of her car, you mm-hmm. know, and she acts like a total bitch to him. Well, then that's what you get. Yeah, like, well, that's I'm what sorry. I thought. You act like, like an asshole, then you, oh, oh darn, you get slashed. Mm-hmm. He was super sketch, but, like, she was a total bitch. Yeah. Well, but it also plays up with the whole, you know, who's the most vulnerable, you know, the female alone at night, right. you know, so it's, yeah. it's playing up these, you know, stereotypes and these ingrained fears. Also, any anybody who does anything to children, like, you know, the most vulnerable out of all of our people, you know, so it's like anybody who goes after children is automatically, right. like, you're just automatically the worst. Story time. I was driving and I had to pee, like, three o'clock in the morning. And so I pulled over on one of the rest stop areas. I'm totally by myself. And I get out of the car and I say aloud to myself, 
it's like I've never, ever seen a crime drama show ever. And then I laugh and I go inside and I pee and I come back out and I thought, I wonder if the only reason I was completely okay is because they thought I was batshit crazy talking to myself. Right. All of a sudden this guy, like, you know, crawls back out from underneath your car right. like, oh, I don't want to miss this one. No. She knows too much. She watches crime dramas. I think that all the time when I'm walking Piper out in the woods by myself, I'm like, I've been warned so many times against doing this. And yet, here we go. Mm-hmm. I just really like the woods. <laughs> I could do it. You need like a, a running pal. or. Well, I mean, she's got Piper. Yeah, No, like a running pal. A bigger dog. Or a bigger woman, man, just a big, a bigger person. To a, oh, I thought you were talking about like a fanny pack. <laughs> like that's just like, oh, yeah. it's like a, a brand name, you know, <laughs> running pal for those girls who just want to be alone. <laughs> it's our, it's uh, I think I just invented something. I'll pre-order it. I don't know what it is, but I will pre-order it. It's a good product placement for our new sponsor. <laughs> Are you alone? Do you like to take walks in the woods? (laughs) Do you want to be alone and stay alone? Wear this fanny pack. (laughs) Right. In fluorescent green, fluorescent orange, and 80s triangle. (laughs) (laughs) I think it would come automatically with, like, you know, order now and you get a free gift. It would come with one of those, like, cones that you can pee into in the woods oh yeah mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. go girl yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah i just have to say so um i was talking about the go girl and these other feminine funnels uh with some friends the other day and so there was three of us and we've all tried them and we all agree that the spout is not wide enough because basically once you once you're peeing like it just fills up and then spills at the top uh, oh, yeah. I'm glad I know that because that would suck. Yeah, like if you have to go, but don't like I gotta go now, then you're fine. But if you're like I gotta go now, which is pretty much the feeling where you're like I have no other option than to use this funnel. That basically what goes in is going a lot faster than what's coming out. I've never peed in the woods and not peed on my shoes. <laughs> yeah, like I don't think ever. I have. I can do it if there's like special compensation like if you know there's like the tree in the right spot that i can lean up against and the roots aren't all like pushing my feet out or you got like one leg hiked up on the tree yeah, well or like i'm I, I'm not wearing pants because if you're not wearing pants and you know then you're fine you know you just and then you're good to go give a little squatty squat anyway i feel like i'm going into too much detail about this <laughs> jennifer looks confused <laughs> when just, you were just as pleased <laughs> just as pleased <laughs> Why are you displeased? I'm trying to help because you Because last episode we had to talk about poop, and here we are talking about pee. You brought it up. I, I really didn't think we were going to go into, like, this much death. Like, I, I feel like we've gone too far. But we can still be rescued. Come back. <laughs> what about legends? urban legends? Oh, yeah, let's talk about some urban legends <laughs> that don't have anything to do with peeing on yourself. So what about it... things found in woods? Or do we want to talk a little bit more about the actual... Thing of urban legends. You mean things found in what? You mean like the Blair Witch Project? Sasquatch. Yeah, or Sasquatch? Yeah, Sasquatch has been around for a while, though. I don't really consider him an urban a, legend. Yeah. 
What do you consider him? Well, I mean, he's just a legend. Just a legend. Yeah. <laughs> he's original. He's been around for a while. The man, the beast, the legend. Okay. <laughs> what else? Yeah, the Blair Witch. Oh, Children of the Corn. Mm-hmm. I was reading something. I think it's called Melonheads. It was like, what's, what is each state known for? And Ohio said they were children with big eyes and sharp teeth. I don't know. In reference to what? Like, like we're also known for having the most amusement parks out of any state. But that. This was the haunting that we were uh. best known for, which obviously we were not best known for this because I've never fucking heard of it. Huh. Big eyes and sharp teeth? Yeah. They're like carnies. What about the Frogman of Loveland? Oh, yeah. That's Remember a good him? One. Have yeah. you heard about that one, Diane? No. He's like Please a tell me. four-foot frog man. I think police officers said he saw him once and... It's it's a it's a sighting like Mothman or the Jersey Devil. It's just the Frogman of Loveland isn't quite as cool because it's like who's scared of a frog? <laughs> yeah, it's just like a a tall frog that stands on two legs. Yeah, it walks like people. <laughs> that I mean that's terrifying to me. <laughs> no, it would totally be horrifying to see, but you're not gonna lay it awake at night going, what if that frog that stands on his two legs upright? What are the chances that you guys have seen fairy tale theater? With oh, yes. Duvall. Yep. We used to watch that on uh, HBO when we were children. Uh, I was hooked on it. I thought it was the best show in existence. It com- it combined my love of fairy tales, my love of stories, this visual format that was very theater-like, you know, because it, um, it had puppets and scenery and costumes, and, and it just, you know, it just had this very, like, you're on a set. Uh, and yeah, I, and yeah. it was like Muppet. It almost was like Muppet-like. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason why I brought it up is because there was one episode where they did the frog prince, and Robin Williams played the frog. And so he was in this, like, big frog costume where half of his body was painted green, and he just kept, like, hopping around like a, a man frog. And I remember having nightmares <laughs> of him like that. And so I can, I think that's why this hits me so hard. <laughs> oh, see, and that's, yeah, that's the thing. Like, and that's the thing. Everybody has a different response to something where I'm like, ha frogs. And you're like, nope. <laughs> oh. High on life. Jumping but around. in general, I recommend the show. Oh, Fairy yeah. Tale Theater from the 80s. It was amazing. See, I don't remember that. I remember the the two episodes that stick out in my brain very specifically were the was the Rapunzel episode, uh huh, and then the Emperor's Nightingale episode, uh-huh. and I believe David Bowie was the emperor. Uh huh. He was. Yeah. So I remember those two quite well. The Rapunzel episode because they were like, oh, she was eating Rapunz, and I remember just still being confused this day, like, what the fuck is a Rapun? And why are you eating? I thought it was radishes, which it turns out it is radishes. But That's right. I remember that very clearly, too. See, and that's one of the other great things about these uh, urban legends is that it's much like any of these other stories. It's like the, the Santa Claus theory. You know, it's like we all have this collective story that everybody knows, that everybody just agrees to and understands. And it's part of our duty to the fellow community to keep these stories going, you know? So it's like when you're a little kid, you believe in Santa Claus, and then you grow up and you're like, oh, he's not real. But the other little kids still do. 
So you now have to help tell the story. Don't let the magic die. You know, clap if you believe in fairies, all that kind of stuff. And so then we become personally invested into this story because now it's our duty to help retell them. And the, you know, urban legends, it's like, you know, whenever you talk to somebody about it, like the Frogman of Loveland, for example, you know, you talk to one person, it's like, oh, it's a frog person. You know, it's a four-foot-tall frog who walks on his feet. Well, actually, I heard it was a guy who lived in a swamp and, you know, just had all these boils and things all over him and basically just looked like his skin was like a frog and he would snatch people off of the roads near this one boggy whatever and drowned people, you know, so it's... Okay, yeah, I could see that, or I could see how this guy w- looks like a frog. And so the the details of these urban legends are vague enough and varied enough so that you can add your own twist, add your own, you know. And so it just depends on who you're talking to, what kind of reaction you're trying to get out of them. You know, if it's a little kid or an adult or whatever. Do you think that you would investigate urban legends like full time as your job, if you, if you could do that, if you could pull it off, I would love to go around investigating it as far as like reporting them. Like I, I'm not trying to debunk anything. I'm just curious as to like their origin stories, and how it started, why it started, you know, that kind of thing. But you're not really doing it proper justice if you're not being honest about it. So if it's completely untrue, I think you kind of have an obligation to. Sure, but there's a difference between being an impartial reporter mm-hmm. of these are the, the quote-unquote facts that I know about this story. Like, this is this version. It came from this person at this part of town. This is this version that's super popular in this state. All of You didn't hear about this before this time period. You know, those kind of things. Because I'm talking about a story, mm-hmm. right? So I'm not trying to promote its realness. I'm just cataloging the tales, so to speak. So in that regard, yeah. Like the brother's groom. Exactly. Actually, sorry. That is an excellent segue. It all ties around into one of my favorite urban legends, uh, which is Slenderman. And the Slenderman legend is fantastic because there is documented, like, this is where this started. You know, it's not like, oh, I just kind of heard some stuff. Oh, I remember that from being a kid. Like, there is actual documentation of, like, yep, this is where this story started. And it's very well known of, it's got its own Wikipedia page, for crying out loud, in how it has evolved. And people have studied this and talked about it. So it's fantastic. Like, it's just so compelling, the fact that we know this isn't real. We know. There is a guy who made this up on June 8th, 2009. That's when Slender Man was born. That's his birthday. Happy birthday, Slender Man. Happy birthday, Slender Man. And we know this, but still... But still, people are scared of it. There are still people who insist that it's real to the point that they're acting on their fears. So, for those that don't know about Slender Man and all this stuff, basically, like I said, June 8th, 2009, a guy named Victor Serge entered a Photoshop contest on this website called Something Off. Uh, they were asking people to send in doctored photographs, Photoshop uh, compilations uh, to help tell scary stories. They specifically said, This is what we're asking. This is what this guy laid down. And it started a 194-page-long thread all about the story of Slenderman. All started off of two photos that he doctored, which were kids standing around the playgrounds or whatever, that had this shadowy figure in the background who had tentacles for arms and then had minor text. It says, we didn't want to go. We didn't want to kill them. 
but its persistent silence and outstretched arms horrified and comforted us at the same time. 1983, photographer unknown, presumed dead. So it was just enough. It was just enough of a visual, just enough of some suggestive lines that started this 194-page-long thread that people added to. Because over the weeks, Victor kept adding more pictures and, like, newspaper clippings and recounts and stories of and just basically falsified documents to help add to this story and other people started joining along too you know so it became this collective story that everybody it's like the largest collaborative fan fiction you know that was started off of a photograph it became so popular it was like in 10 days like it caught like wildfire 10 days after this first picture appeared the youtube web miniseries marble hornets created its first video that would devote itself to the myth of Slenderman. They continued on with this web video until 2014. So five years, these people made videos all about Slenderman, saying that he existed. And I've seen a lot of them. And, I mean, you watch them one after another, and by, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, you're convinced, you're like, fuck, I'm never going outside again. Right, exactly, right? And that's the thing. It's because you're seeing video, you're seeing pictures, you're seeing all these, quote-unquote, police reports that are supposed to be things that you can trust. You should be able to trust your eyes. You should be able to trust the police. You should be able to trust video. I think you're talking, like, 30 years ago. Right. Well, now, we, you know, with deep fake and all that kind of stuff, that's a thing. And that's one of the reasons why Slender Man caught on so much was because of people's fear of not knowing what is real. You know, because technology is catching up, because you can do these Photoshop things, because you can alter this precept of reality so much that that's the fear. Is Slender Man real? Is he not? I can't tell. I can't trust myself anymore because my eyes see it. There's all these people corroborating it. Why is it not real? It gets you amped about it, you know, but you're like, no, but I know it's fake because this guy just fucking made it up. But did he? Right? There's also his image. Sometimes images are enough to get you alone. Like that, his image is just super creepy. I looked it up while you were talking. And I mean, I think that could be enough to propel it. And the, the fact that it varies, you know, because some Slendermen don't have faces. Some, the face you see, like everybody who looks at him sees a different face. Others are like, no, no, he's got these teeth and whatever. Sometimes he has tentacles, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he's the one that kills people, disembowels them and throws their guts in bags. Sometimes he, you know... Recyclable bags or, like, paper bags. What happens with them afterward? Well, so that's the great thing about urban legends. It could be whichever bag you want. Ziploc bags, yellow and blue make green, <laughs> and they're currently frozen in an old... An old hospital. There you go. See? In the morgue. That sounds like, okay, I'd buy that. Great. I'd buy that for a dollar. Um, uh, I'm sorry, it's a dollar fifty. Damn it! Never mind. It's bunk. I don't <laughs> believe it. Your prices are too high. Uh, but see, now you have added to the, the mythos of, uh, of Slender Man, so now you are invested. I'm sure it's all going to stick, too. You never know. Watch. You're going to hear it like some, it's going to end up on a movie or something. They made movies about this guy, all this stuff. And everybody, whether you agree to it or not, like you were talking about it, you know about it, you've heard about it. I don't really know the story or I'm eyeballs deep in it and I've got fan art hanging on my wall, you know, above my dining room table. Like, Yeah, you do, weirdo. Well, 
It's probably true. <laughs> so, yeah. And when we were talking about the Brothers Grimm, right? The Brothers Grimm went around, and now why they did it was a little dubious, but they went around and they took all these oral traditions, all these stories that people have passed down, passed down. You know, you play in the telephone game, right? So what started as something has evolved and changed. You know, what started as, you know, don't go walking alone in the woods because a quote-unquote big bad wolf will come and get you. Yes, wolves were a uh, thing to worry about in the forest. They meant men. Men. They meant men. You know. It was men. But there Stay was, away you know, from men. double entendre, right? Men. Actually, did you guys see that your state, or one of the urban legends from your state, you said, what, what did you say it was earlier? Melonhead? I might have made that up. The frog well, man? The, oh, the, the f- in. Yeah, the insider says that it's actually uh, the werewolf of defiance. So we have, must have so, so many. Just I, billions. Well, I mean, we are the third most haunted state in the country, so uh, if we got a whole bunch of weirdos running around, I would not doubt that. So I'm sitting here in the studio, and something in the other room just falls. It's super loud. And then I notice, like, our sound drapes start swinging. And I was like, no, I'm... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, "That's kind of weird." But you, you, so you're not gonna tell me about this before I come over, like? So now I just get to walk in, and there's, you know, probably there, a, there's what? There's a gremlin running around. Maybe, but has he bothered you yet? Yet is the exclamation point word. Yeah, it's the werewolf. It is. He came all the Where way from defiance. Oh, it's a place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. There's a city called... It's not a defiant werewolf. I thought... That's what I thought the whole time, because the picture that's along with it is this, like, scary werewolf man, and he's, like, all grumbly and stuff, so I thought he was just, like, a defiant werewolf. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, sorry. It's it's a gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> Werewolves can travel. Sure. Slenderman also kind of reminds you of, like, the shadow people, you know, which is goes back forever, the whole idea of that. And so I think that that's something you can build on. It's like, I'm familiar somewhat with a story that resembles this. Mm-hmm. And then on that, you're like, okay, well, I can take that one step farther because once you make that leap from Slenderman to uh, shadow people, or mm-hmm. and then as far as it goes back... Well, shadow people, you can find an ass load of history on. And so it gives, it lends credence to sure. this idea. Because it's, like, it's something that feels familiar. Yeah. You know, and it it's plays on all of the fears that we have. Because that Slender Man is, in at least the original, you know, was near these children. And the fact that anybody who does anything to kids is already the absolute worst. Right, so it's like, is he hunting the children? Is he protecting the children? What is his relationship to them? And then the fact of, you know, they said we didn't want to kill them, but its persistent silence and outstretched arms horrified and comforted us at the same time. So, you know, who killed who? Who killed what? Why are people dying? You know, so all these questions are going on. If it weren't for the YouTube videos, <laughs> then it never would have struck me as anything one way or another. I could see the pictures, I could read the stories, but if, without those videos, it wasn't going to be, it wasn't going to get that hold over me. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. The images. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and the stuff, what I kind of remember is there was a lot of stuff like when they would finally locate him, then they'd end up back at their car or they'd end up someplace completely different with no idea how they were covered in honey or, you know, that obviously probably wasn't it, but they didn't know what happened. Right. The loss of time, the loss of your personal control over yourself. And where is yeah. so-and-so? Like, mm-hmm. those kind of things, I was like, fuck, that would be super scary. So it's that kind of fucking with you psychologically stuff, mm-hmm. which unfortunately caused a whole bunch of aggressive incidences. And the most notable one happened in 2014 when two 12-year-old girls said that they were coerced by Slenderman, that they were trying to prove to him or prove to people that he existed and that they were afraid of him and that they, they said that he was going to kill their families if they did not take one of their friends, one of their classmates, who was also a 12-year-old girl, out into the woods and they buried her in all kinds of like leaves and stuff and then proceeded to stab her 19 times. You know, it's not like I accidentally hit that person with my car or that person was shot with a gun. This little girl was stabbed 19 times because these other two girls. Yeah, that, that had a little folly ado to it. Yeah. So I think the the thing that really gets me about Slenderman is that it's, it's a fairy tale, but in reverse, you know, because usually you have fairy tales like some incident happened. Right, something happened, and the people needed to tell a story to warn people, warn other people from doing those things, and it became embellished, and it was a scare tactic, etc. And the story grew and changed and multiplied, and then everyone kind of came aware of it, and and now we have, and then it got written down, and now we have this fairy tale, whereas Slenderman happened in reverse. It was written down, an original story, and things grew, multiplied, shared. It became this own entity, and then it became into something with real and actual consequence. These girls doing this horrific thing to their classmate, who survived, by the by. Um, and now oh. these girls are facing, like, 65 years to life, being tried as adults. I thought they'd already been convicted. Yeah, but they were tried as adults as opposed to children. It's it, You know, and you can read all about all this stuff, because that's the thing. It has all happened within the age of technology and freedom of information, supposedly. We're not going to get into that. But the fact that it happened in reverse, you know, so now it's this, like, it has turned into an actual legend thing. It's just, it's fascinating being able to watch something that has gone from a written format to an oral story. Yeah. As opposed to an oral story going into something as a written format. So it's just great. Do you think there's, like, a certain type of person who believes urban legends, like, more over society as a whole. Oh, I'm sure that there's lots of dissertations about that. I don't know. My personally, I'm not sure. the The thing is, is the whole your question is like people who believe versus people who don't believe. Like the story exists. These stories are told. There's some level of it could happen because people do horrible things. But then the fact that there's tentacles or you know people with no faces or you know think then that takes it to extreme of being in a story. So things like this, horrible things happen all the time. And this way, at least we have a somebody we can point a finger at and, and, and place blame on for this bad thing happening. I mean, I don't believe that Slenderman exists, but these course of stories are fantastic. How it has affected our society is impressive. 
I mean, then that's a real thing. People's emotional responses to all this stuff, that's real. And I think it kind of ties into how politically or culturally you grow up so embedded with an idea that this group of people is bad and I hate them because of this. And you grow up with that and then you learn later, well, no, they're just people. But you were so certain of that for the first, you know, 18 years of your life or whatever. But now it's not. So now you start to question all kinds of things, you know. So I think everybody always has that sense of doubt of who's right, who's wrong, what's real, what's not real. Well, I think there's a certain type of person who is superstitious uh, more than others. There's a certain type of person who believes ghost stories over others, urban legends. That's the same thing. So it's the tendencies that run through these people that I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you said that because I, I was thinking while you were talking about how I don't think I believe in most of this stuff, but I think superstition gets the best of me. And so, like, I don't think, or let's say, I know that if I step on a crack, it's not going to have, like, any influence on my mom's back. <laughs> yeah. Am I... Am I a little bit cautious when I step on the si on my sidewalk anyway? Like, yeah, probably. I think about it. You know, like, I don't... So where does that put me? Like, yeah, I'm a rational person, but still. But why tempt fate and just why be, a, be a, hab a habitual crack stepper? Like, why? <laughs> right. Habitual crack stepper. Right, and the same thing. Like, what was that one? Or, like, things in your food. Those all of any urban legend about something in your food or mm. like Halloween um, candy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or snakes in your toilet. I know there's probably not a snake in my toilet, but like, not anymore. Do I think about it? But it but. does. But that's the thing. It does happen. Still? It, it's not a. Yeah. There was a story that was just in the paper or the paper that I just heard <laughs> on Back the. in the morning. I don't know, went and got the milk off the porch. Uh, no, there was just recently, this lady was using an outhouse, sat down to do her business, and was scratched by nope. a bear. Yeah, a bear. There was a bear inside of her outhouse, and whoosh, so now, it's like, now we have snakes, <laughs> snakes in toilets, we have alligators coming out of the sewers, and now we've got bears in outhouses. Can you imagine if he hadn't scratched her and he was like, he just licked her? How scary would that be? <laughs> like, you get scratched, like, what the fuck? But if you got licked, like, I don't know if you could ever recover from that. <laughs> they can I, I sew up your butt, but they can't <laughs> sew up your soul. <laughs> That's your new t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, a bear on the back. That's right. <laughs> uh, I just saw a meme on the internet that, obviously, it was not in the paper. Um... <laughs> Mm, shit it. I just saw a meme that was of this bear that broke into somebody's house. And this woman was like, oh, my God, this bear broke into a house and started playing the piano. Not very well. Ha, ha, ha. You know, and this other woman was like, he's trying his best, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you amazing. so judgmental? You, you try playing Mozart's fugue with, you know, a seven-inch long nails. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See how good you do. God. 
So I think one of the reasons why Slender Man went from being written down to being carried off into oral believability is because it is something that I think that could happen. I mean, other than the tentacles, but just like we were saying about a lot of these other urban legends, I grew up in New York and our urban legends were, was Cropsy. So I don't know if you ladies have heard of that one before, but you watched that. Uh, I have not. Oh, you've seen that do- that documentary? Mm-hmm. So it's an urban legend, but it turns out to have roots that have happened in real life. And it's about, the urban legend says kids don't go out at night because there's another man who escaped from an insane asylum and he'll kidnap you and eat you. And there's different versions of that story, right? You know, um, but that's essentially at the heart of it. But in, in the late 70s, there actually was a man in Staten Island. His name was Andy Rand. Rand, I think, was his last name. And he was a custodian at, an, at a, it was a school for children that needed, that had special needs. Um, but I think a lot of them were behavioral. So anyway, he was a custodian there. And then they had a young girl who went missing who had some special needs and turns like they found her bones uh, where he was living outside their school in the woods in like a makeshift tent. And then, you know, they did more investigation and it turns out that he had been linked to like multiple other young children or young adults with disability or, you know, special needs or disabilities. They're just sick. And Geraldo Rivera went into that school and, like, closed it down. It was just a mess. Oh, he did something good once. <laughs> good for him. No. Yeah, there's there's special places in hell for people like that. Oh, yeah. That's just, that's not, like... Yeah, but okay, so I, and I just had this conversation with my mom, and I'm going to get real with you, and I'm not defending that behavior at all, but if they are committing those terrible acts, that means that they must have mental needs as well right? that are not being addressed, Mm -hmm. and therefore I just can't, and this applies to, I guess this is just my view on all of this in general, like I just can't say I can't make a sweeping statement like that because I feel like there's something that they have extra needs that just obviously they're just not being rational thinkers well nobody wants to be a killer I don't think anybody's like you know it'd make my life so much easier if I had to murder children or like you were overwhelmed by the desire to be deviant in some manner well see the thing is is much like uh Nobody is ever the villain in their own story, you know. So people who uh, interview murderers and killers and rapists and all this stuff, it's in in their head, their reality, that they were doing something that they were compelled to do or felt or, you know, scratched an urge, you know, that created some sort of relief, gave them something that they were lacking. I don't think it would be fair to say that they use that as justification across the board. Well, nothing's ever across the board. Okay, I don't want to argue semantics, but I don't think that it's it's just so broadly that's the case that nobody ever recognizes that what they're doing is deviant and terrible and they don't want to be that way. I mean, there's a lot of pedophiles who elect to have, you know, chemical castration. They, they make that decision because they hate what they are and what they do. Mm-hmm. 
there are things that rapists do, you know? Sure, sorry. I, I see the point you're trying to make. Yes, no, there's... Some people are aware, or are self-aware, and they're like, this is a horrible thing, but I feel compelled I have to do it, and I hate myself for doing it. There are other people that feel like, I have been so wronged, so hurt in my life, so whatever, that fuck everybody else, and this is what you get. Right, and watch the world burn, exactly. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You know, Or there's other people that are doing these things without a malicious intent because they feel in their reality that this is how things are supposed to be. It's acceptable. Right. You know, so there's a lot of different levels to all this. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, there's not like just one sweeping thing. And they, those people, that last group of people, they're not going to recognize themselves as deviant. You know, their behavior right. is fine. Right. It's fine. It's whether you like it or not. Uh, so Cropsy, yeah, that Cropsy was based on a real person, this guy in Staten Island. And I think that it's similar to Slender Man, you know, these tales, even though that started with a photograph, it can still be used as a cautionary tale. You know, they, they all kind of relate to one another. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of carryover in the stories. There's a lot of differences, but then you find the similarities throughout all of them. The warnings, the lessons. The fears. Mm-hmm. It's all about controlling people through fear. Yeah, you know, that makes me think of, uh, I always bring in pop culture, but Arrested Development, where the father teaches his kids to always leave a note by having his friend who lost his arm keep pretending that he's losing his arm in front of the kids as a result of them not leaving a note. Oh my god. So, yeah, so he keeps teaching them that lesson, you know, and, and then, for example, they forget to leave, forget to get more milk. So he wants to teach them that they should always leave a note to get more milk. And so the guy comes and, and loses his arm in the process of trying to get more milk. And he, he's like bleeding on the sidewalk. Fake. He's bleeding on the sidewalk and he goes, and this is why you should always leave a note. He's like, his arm is gushing and the kids are like traumatized, you know. And uh, But meanwhile, he, he already had lost his arm. So... <laughs> And so now all the kids are like, I'm never drinking milk again. And they all right. get like calcium deficiencies. and, <laughs> and like, All of that is to say that you can use urban legends to teach a lesson. Oh, sure. I mean, it has kept me from swimming 20 minutes after I've eaten for my entire life. Oh, is that true? Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's an urban legend. That just is parents like, look, I just need you to fucking chill for a couple minutes sit down <laughs> shut the fuck up for 20 minutes yes yeah, i need you to just stop i need like to have a minute where i don't have to constantly watch you to keep you from drowning mm-hmm. like it's <laughs> control that's what i was getting at mm-hmm. control scare tactics do work well my hope eating m&ms m&ms uh, so my hope is that slender man does not kill us or any of his minions and what I'd heard was, we are out of time. We will see you next week. Visit our website at wihhw.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter, see guest links and information, and some fancy extras. Also, check us out on Facebook at, at what I had heard was, and Instagram at what I had heard. And if you really want to get something off your chest, shoot us an email at what I had heard was at gmail.com.